Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sports with Coleman presents The Business of Sports. Cash rules everything around. Show me the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. The X's and O's of professional front offices. 105.7 The Fan. Uh, one of my favorite segments of the week. Here we go. Marty Conway, sports business and management professor from Georgetown University. Kind enough to join us here on this Friday evening. Marty, let's begin with the MLB work stoppage. We're closing in on 100 days. No sense of urgency because both sides are taking the weekend off. I mean, God forbid they have to work on a Saturday or Sunday. It's the owners versus the players, in my opinion. Neither cares about the fans. The issues that player things the typical sports fan doesn't even care about. So can you explain the impact for the various parties out there, from the billionaire owners to the millionaire players? Well, it's ironic, right, that we start the show, this part of the show, talking about a sport that's not playing, right, and and all things. So, um, but look, yeah, baseball has always been about money, Jerry. The, you know, the 1919 Chicago Blackhawks scandal. You know, when a group of players got together and decided to take some money from a gambling syndicate because they were angry with the owner Charles Comiskey and what he wasn't paying. So, excuse me, 103 years later we're still arguing about who pays what and the owners and players take this in their hands. But, yeah, so the players really, look, they're looking to take back ground that they feel like they've lost over the last five and maybe even ten years. But at least in the last five years, and actually Tony Clark, who's the head of the Players Association now, was the head of the PA in the last labor talks. And so if you're looking for responsibility, first of all, you can look at Tony because he – signed off on the last deal that the players seem to find really difficult to, to deal with. So the problem for the players has been that there's more money going to the players, but it's going into fewer hands. We've talked about that in the past with, you know, 30 or 35 players, you know, making excess of $25 million or whatever the numbers are. But the, prop, the second problem is that the average middle-class free agent, his contract has plummeted from almost $12 million in 2014 to about 6.2 million last winter. So that's sort of what's going on on the player side. They're seeing this, they're seeing this being exacerbated by general managers and analytics and they're trying to So what are they trying to do? They're trying to raise the luxury tax levels. It's also called the competitive balance tax or the CBT because they think right now that's putting an artificial lid on spending, particularly by the big clubs, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and so they're looking to expand that, and and we'll talk in a second about why the owners don't want that. They're also looking for 
more pay for entry-level players, which it looks like in the new agreement, the uh, the uh, opening salary, the rookie salary, could be around $700,000 a year, which would be substantial. But also a new pool of money for those players that haven't yet reached arbitration but have outperformed their contract in those first three years. And so the owners are willing to give some money there, but not as much as the players would like. This is a, that's a brand-new component. And in return, look, the players are holding all these things in return. The owners want an expansion of the playoffs because those are probably worth hundreds of millions of dollars in additional TV revenue. So, that, you know, the owners have some things. They don't want to go beyond the competitive balance tax and, you know, arbitration and some things like that. But generally this has been about the players trying to pull back a lot of um, – land that they feel like they lost the last time and so now here we are you know having lost the first essentially week of the season and how much is that costing well when you look at it if the new minimum salary applied the the the, you know the rookie player would lose about forty five hundred dollars a game or they are losing forty five hundred dollars a game and a guy like max um scherzer with his forty three million dollar contract he's actually standing to lose two hundred and sixty five thousand dollars a game so from 4500 to 265000 that's what the players stand to lose. The owners, look, they're going to lose some games, but for most of them, they're in cold-weather cities in, in April, and those games aren't worth as much as games in June, July, or August. So I think this will get resolved in the next uh, week or 10 days. Uh, then I think it becomes really hurtful if it's not solved by then. Yeah, see, I look at it this way. Both sides are dug in. Neither wants to take an L because after that last deal, I know the players feel they got shortchanged, Marty. So that's why I feel like it could go on a little longer. But some are saying Scott Boris behind the scenes is pulling the strings and March 15th is going to be the date. Yeah, look, I think on that point, look, I've heard from people I've talked to in the game, I think that, look, the narrative had shifted uh, earlier in this week. The, the owners were talking to the media, talking about a path to getting this deal done. I think that infuriated a lot of agents in particular and some players who got into the media. And I think a guy like Scott Boris, from what I've heard, look, he stands to gain on this competitive balance tax number because he's selling his players to the highest payers. He's selling them to the Dodgers and Yankees and Red Sox. So he really needs this for his players but not that many players get there. So ultimately, I do think that they will work this out in the next week to 10 days um, and we will be playing baseball mid-April, third week of April, something like that. And, and we'll see what happens to the leaders, the Tony Clarks, the Rob Manfreds. Their job is going to ratchet up substantially because they're going to owe the fans uh, greatly because this just is not necessary to have it go this long and, and not have a deal. Agreed. Marty, the whole timing of this Derek Jeter divorce smells like fish, pun intended, because nobody ever really mutually parts ways. It typically, in my experience, takes one side initiating things, and the timing was very odd. It appears that Jeter clearly wanted out. Now what? Yeah, I think, well, so Jeter came in, you know, about four and a half, five years ago. He came in with a 4% stake in the franchise. I don't know if he put money up or he got equity in return for working. I mean, for, again, from the people that I talked to, he wasn't physically around the team that much on a day-to-day basis, and they hired Kim Ng as a general manager, so I'm not quite sure what he was doing on a day-to-day basis. But, yeah, the announcement, you know, there's, there's speculation, number one, that he had some issues with, the, you know, the owner of the 
Miami team in terms of their position they were taking in this lockout. And so suddenly, yeah, suddenly he, you know, says, I'm not only am I stepping down, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, sell my stake or at least have it purchased. So, um, but look, it was not successful for Derek Jeter during the four seasons or plus they only went to the playoffs once. And that was 2020 when they took more teams and overall his record was 218 and 327. So I don't think the front office in Miami is going to miss Derek Jeter much. And in fact, I, I read today that actually now he's a potential target for ESPN. Um, you know, again, whether it's sort of a Manning cast. Oh, or boy. Involved. So he's going to land in a place in New York, uh, Jimmy Pataro, who's the ESPN chairman. That's a, a disaster. Fan anyhow. That guy never so. has an opinion on anything. Derek Jeter in the booth? Come on. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, he's a name that they could sell, and uh, we'll see what happens. But again, I, I don't think the executive level of Major League Baseball is going to miss Derek Jeter. It just it really was not a successful term anyhow and you know the, the the circumstances of him leaving i'm sure it was not mutual so uh, uh we we won't hear from that again in terms of front office for somebody like him well the broadcasting is a disaster in the making we got more ahead with marty conway including rg3 backing off his book about daniel snyder perhaps and the impact of tony romo that's just ahead download the radio.com app and listen to us with coleman Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Everyone knows him. If I told you my name, you won't answer my question. Oh, so this is Coleman. <laughs> they may never say it. He is Calvin Edwin Ripkin. How are you, Junior? I'm doing fine. You're reminding me why I didn't want to come on to your show. Oh, come on, Cal. <laughs> but damn, is he endearing. I can't believe I just said that. Sports with Coleman. 1057 The Fan. Talking the business of sports, we do it every week with Marty Conway, Georgetown sports business and management professor, former executive of the Orioles, the Rangers, AOL. And Marty, let's talk about the National Football League, a 12-month sport with the shortest of seasons. You name a month, I'll name an event. This month, it's a combine, which has become a TV event, much as anything else, Marty. They even have a radio row now, and they're bidding for future sites like Super Bowls. Yeah, so the uh, Combine has, you know, again, we know what it started out at. It started out in Indianapolis in 1987, and uh, it is, again, like you said, emerged into this, you know, really outstanding event. Thousands of visitors now, over a thousand media members. Uh, Indianapolis talks about this being an economic impact of over $10 million. And it has drawn the attention of uh, Dallas that the Cowboys would like to host potentially in their new facility in Frisco. Um, which has essentially a football stadium right around it. Um, obviously, Los Angeles now that SoFi Stadium is open, and that's a part of it. Uh, so there are any number of bidders, and it looks like Indianapolis is going to have a hard time hanging on to it exclusively. But from all the people that you talk to in the NFL, they love Indianapolis. They love the central location. Um, they love how easy it is to get around the city um, and all the areas and connections, even things from medical and everything else, it really works well. So although I'm sure it will have some great opportunity, just like the draft, I'm sure it'll have a lot of interest um, and it will move, but I think they'll find a way to make Indianapolis kind of the more regular stop and then move it around occasionally every couple of years or something like that to spread it around. All right, sticking with football, wanted to ask you about the Troy Aikman impact the first time we have spoken since he has left Fox to sign this massive deal with ESPN, which may lead Joe Buck there too. But why would Joe Buck give up the Super Bowl and World Series? Obviously, money would be an overriding factor. And what about Kirk Herbstreet, now a candidate for Amazon, even though he's more of a college football guy? And all of this, of course, emanates from the overpriced contract that Tony Romo received, compliments of... CBS. Well, yep. You know, this is all part of the Romo effect, and it's interesting too, right? Romo only had six playoff games. You only won two. Never got past the divisional round. So it's not like you're picking from the, you know, from the top. Um, obviously, Aikman had a better career, but yeah, the, it looks like it's all but done. Hasn't been announced. A five-year, ninety million dollar deal, which would put him on on Romo money, eighteen million dollars a year. And of course, the irony is that Aikman never made more than nine and a half million dollars a year playing in the NFL, so he virtually doubles his salary uh, to do it. But yeah, Joe Buck is under contract with Fox for another year, um, and it's I guess it's possible that he could leave early, you know, with permission if Fox swung a deal with ESPN to you know trade something in return for for that opportunity. 
And, and Joe Buck's been very public about it. He said the other day, I, I've got another year under contract at Fox, but they also know that it was a big partnership that I had with Troy. So I think this is going to hang out there for a while. Um, and who will replace Troy Aikman? Will they pair him with Joe Buck for a year? Would it be Greg Olson? Would it be Sean Payton? Maybe Drew Brees is expendable at NBC. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, then it continues because now – the next leg is there's an opening at Amazon, or two openings at least, and one for, for color and play-by-play. And now it looks like maybe Kirk Herbstreet could moonlight, uh, according apparently his contract allows for him to do something else as well, and he could do the Amazon games on Thursday night and continue with his uh, Saturday schedule on ESPN where he's you know involved in game day and then also the primary analyst on their, on their big Saturday night. So... You know, look, the more places that the NFL goes to Amazon and every place else, it just creates these enormous opportunities in the booth, and the booth has gotten so much more expensive than it ever was. No, it has. I wonder if there's room for Derek Jeter. I'm jesting. I'm joking here. (laughs) All right, what happened with uh, Robert Griffin III's RG3's tell-all book about Danny Snyder and his disorganization? It seems he has backed away from his book deal. Why? Why do you think? Well, you know that phrase, Jerry, they talk about when your friends all go out for dinner and somebody gets alligator arms and they suddenly, when the check comes and they're not there. Well, this is I get accused of that quite often, by the way. (laughs) So this is the case for RG3, where he made big headlines, I guess, uh, a few months ago. He sort of chimed in on the dysfunction that he saw or knew about while he was in Washington, even though, frankly, most of these stories occurred after he had left. And he said that he was going to publish a book, and actually his publisher you know, previewed it, and it was called Surviving Washington, and uh, he was going to talk about his own medical mismanagement, and which led to his knee surgeries and all these different things. He was going to spill the dirt on Mike and Kyle Shanahan and Dan Snyder. Well, what I think has happened here is RG3 has growing. You've seen him presence on ESPN. He's on the morning shows a little bit more. I'm quite sure he's done college football, but I'm quite sure he has his eyes on NFL-related, you know, shows. And I suspect his agent said, mm, I don't think this is a good idea if you want to, you know, your career at ESPN connected to the NFL and to be, have a book come out around that same time. So, yeah, a book tour wouldn't be a good look, would it? You no. Know, so I think his agent said, I think you're destined for more work at ESPN and this book won't help you. So I think it's time you just squash that. And that's ultimately what's happened, apparently. And there'll be no more announcements about what RG3 knows or doesn't know about his time in Washington. All right. On a much more serious note, you have gone to the Ukraine twice. I had my rant on Alexander Ovechkin not saying enough about Russia and their invasion the other night. I said, get your family out and speak out. Or, hey, how about moving that thug from your social media profile? How is Ovi's image doing? Because in D.C. it may be different than when he goes out on the road to Canada with the Capitals next week. Yeah, this is, as I said, it's, you know, this is a really sad scenario. I had the opportunity through the U.S. Department of State to travel there twice to sort of teach and speak on sports and culture and was in Kiev and some of the, Lviv and some of these other cities and got to know many of the people in the, in the Ukrainian sports federations. And so when this broke out, I mean, there was a lot of um, sadness on it. But, yeah, the pressure now has swung to the NHL where there is somewhere between 40 and 50, depending upon the day of the week, uh, Russian, the Russian-born players and, and Belarusian-born players playing in the NHL. Uh, and obviously, Alexander Ovechkin is the number one in, in that. 
and when he was uh, at the podium, he's been the only one of two athletes, Russian-born athletes, to speak on this. And when he was at the podium, he gave that sort of milk toast, no war, you know, commentary. Um, but I think the pressure is going to remain on. Now, the team isn't going to put him in front of the microphone unless he has to, but they're actually talking about him breaking some records coming up. So there's going to be some times where he's going to be at the podium. And uh, one way or the other, I think most of these NHL players are going to be put under pressure. You know, the Caps have several players, Knetsov, Orlov, and, and Samsonov, for example. And, and this is going to continue to build as this war becomes, you know, we get more pictures and how bloody and tragic it is. I think it's going to be more difficult for the NFL to keep, uh, the NHL, I'm sorry, to keep these players away from media. And increasingly when they go to places like New York or Chicago or wherever, I think the booze will increase and I think the pressure will build. So we'll see what happens in another week or two and we'll revisit this uh, I'm sure in the coming weeks. Oh, it bears watching. And it is a war. I heard someone on this station call it just an invasion. No, it's a war right now. All right, let's talk uh, sports betting as we uh, try and get lighter in terms of topics. But there are a few companies now out there in terms of sports wagering that are backing off. They're selling their sports book assets as it already has become clear that there isn't room for everyone. It reminds me of the dot-com boon, Marty. Yeah, well, as one of your favorites, I know tongue-in-cheek, and that's Caesars because you see them all over the place. Everywhere. Yeah, they've said they're actually going to curtail, dramatically curtail, is their quote, their traditional media spend. Now, they say that they've achieved their objectives already, but I think that's code for the fact that this is way more expensive than they thought it would be. So I think all those cheesy commercials are going to see a lot less if you see any more of them. But Twin Spires, which is owned by Churchill Downs, has said they're going to exit the sports betting space. They're going to keep their casinos, like the one in Ocean Downs, uh, down near um, Ocean City. But uh, so several other companies are starting to pull back now and decide. I think Wind Resorts is another one that's said that it's willing to sell its online platform, and even DraftKings, which is concerns over profitability because the, their stock has been decimated. So I think you're going to see less and less as we go on. Probably after March Madness, it'll die down quite a bit in terms of the amount of sport wagering that you see, except for FanDuel and DraftKings, the couple at the top that are going to try to take every last customer, uh, but the rest are going to find it more difficult. How about the books here in the great state of Maryland, Marty? Despite limited places to bet, limited kiosks, and limited live betting windows, how's Maryland fared? So January was the first month, the first full month, I should say, of regional, you know, of the sports book operators. They, they started in mid-December. And so they took in a little over $32 million in bets during the month of January. Um, and so they generated about $4.5 million out of that in terms of that. Um, and so, but overall, how does that flow to the state? The state ended up collecting about $650,000 in taxes from all of that sports betting activity. It, but it's really, Jerry, coming down to two places. Live Casino with its FanDuel Sportsbook uh, is number one. They took in about fourteen and a half million dollars in bets, excuse me, and then MGM National Harbor, you know, down on the uh, D.C. line there, they took in about $10.5 million in bets in January. So that, that dwarfs all other three sports books combined in the state in January. Wow. Only took in $7.5 million. Wow, no mention of the horseshoe. they got to get their act together in terms of more personnel down there. I'll just say yep. that on the radio right now. Yep. Uh, uh, Coach K, his final home game is tomorrow. The best tickets are going for about four grand. 
What about the financial impact of this game and his tenure? Yeah, so this is obviously, uh, you know, actually you're seeing the seats, Jerry, go for more than the average price of a, of a Super Bowl seat, which was about 3000 So it's about 4700 right now to get in on the upper deck way up. If you want to spend the most expensive, it's going to cost you about twenty-seven dollars or $30,000 to get in there. So um, now there's only 9,000 seats. Right. That's why yeah. this is driving most of the uh, – but it's going to be on ESPN at 6 o'clock uh, so they can make way for the uh, – I think the Lakers and Warriors match up at about 8.30. So he's going to be the pregame show for LeBron and Steph. Well, it should be interesting to see how it goes down, of course, against our arch-rival North Carolina. And you're right, seats will be at a premium I've never been inside Cameron Indoor uh, Arena. Have you? I have. I've been there a couple times. It really is an experience. And when I say there's not a bad seat, I've sat in bad seats there, and there is not bad seats. So it is the most intimate basketball and one of the most intimate sports experiences that you can have. And you sweat right along with the players because not only (laughs) is it small, but it's a hot box as well. Well, it's on the bucket list for me. You have a terrific weekend. Always appreciate your time, Marty. Thank you. Okay, Jerry. Thank you. All right. You can find Marty, by the way, on Twitter, at Marty Conway, M-A-R-T-Y-C-O-N-W-A-Y. Excellent follow and an excellent professor at the Georgetown University. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.